0: Opinions expressed are those of the show hosts, not WSTU or Treasure Coast
1: broadcasters. Any reproduction or reuse of this program without the written consent of WSTU is strictly prohibited. Welcome to Paradox. If you'd like to join the conversation, call 772-220-WSTU. And now your hosts for Paradox: Dr. Ira Perlstein and Dr. Leanne Talton.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Halloween. I know. It's spooky. This studio looks spooky with the owner's pictures. Looking over my shoulder. Looking over the shoulder. That's scary. And we've got Leanne, Dr. Leanne here with a web coming out of her eye. No one can see that. She's all dressed up for Halloween. Have you noticed how quickly the time goes between Halloween and New Year's, it's going to go like this. Yes. And each year it gets faster and faster. It seems like, yeah, yeah. it's a downhill slide. Yes. Yeah. And someone asked me, one of my patients asked me one time, why does it go faster? And I said, well, you know, it's a lot like toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. so. I'm going to go with that. So anyway, sure.
0: <laughs> so this past weekend I was over at Dr. Talton's yeah. house. She had a huge Halloween party. Really? You know, she is the... I didn't get an invite.
2: Oh, Frank, oh, you don't Frank. live in my
0: neighborhood. Live in in neighborhood. That's a neighborhood part. But, oh, okay. she's kind of like the Martha Stewart of Stewart. But what I really realize is hmm. that she kind of suffers from holiday over-decorating syndrome. Kind of. You started a, decorating for Halloween in August?
2: August 25th.
0: And her next-door neighbor, hmm. she had all these animatronics, and she gives- Oh, my na- her- My
2: neighbor makes me look normal. Oh, I
0: know. <laughs> Have you normal? Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> so as things get faster, you know, it's- kind of, we want to get things done before the end of the year. One thing we need to get before the end of the year done is buying health insurance. Yes. Because they have an open enrollment period, and that open enrollment period is very short. And I've often wondered why it's so short. We're going to find out in just a little bit. We have two special guests today. We have Michelle Finnamore, and we have Bob Larson, and they are with a better solution insurance company here on the Treasure Coast since 1978, and they have three offices in Vero Beach, Port St. Lucie area, and it is their busy season, so we were very lucky to get them on the show today, and this might be one of those shows where you really want to call in, so if you do want to call in, today's show is a live show. Call us right here on WSTU. That is 772-220-WSTU. That's 772-220-9788.
2: And I would just like to say I'm really happy that you all are here today because, you know, we go to medical school to learn how to treat patients and disease processes. But you re- you don't realize when you're in training that you're going to spend a lot of time as a physician talking about insurance. So I almost feel like I know more than probably everyone I talk to, maybe other than you two, about health insurance because it's such a part of my day. Even now in a practice that doesn't take insurance as my form of payment, I'm still spending all day talking about right, insurance. Right. And you almost
0: feel like you need a GPS to navigate the insurance
2: industry. Right. So, yeah. I mean, how did you get into this business? Well, for me, I, uh, was, I've was i been a nurse in
3: the area for the last 20 years and I was looking for a change to be able to stay at home with my kids and help them grow up. So, uh, the next best solution was uh, I met with Bob and he talked me into uh, trying to get in... With uh, health insurance and um, because I had such a great knowledge of it on the other side, like you said, when you're working in a doctor's office, you have to get authorizations for testing, you have to get referrals for doctor's appointments, authorizations for medications. And a lot of people didn't know what their insurance actually covered or what they were even given when they signed up for their insurance policy. They had no clue how it worked. So when you look at it from the other end, and you're trying to get them to decide what is the best insurance for them, what they need, what they know should know is. Co- Plus, Bob has been in this business forever, so it was a lot of uh, <laughs> him coddling me for the first couple years and getting me uh, established, which has worked out great.
1: So,
0: Bob, out of all the businesses you could have chosen to go into when you finished your education. Why did you choose this one?
1: Well, um, I had a situation where we just relocated to Florida and my wife worked for the school system in New York and we had great insurance. So when we came down here, um, unfortunately, she developed a problem and she it turned out to be multiple sclerosis. And she went into the hospital down in Miami, they transferred her down there. Well, in the transition, we switched our group plan over to an individual policy here, and we had all kinds of problems. So when she went into the hospital, it was a disaster. I mean, we actually owed like $30,000 back in the early 70s on our medical bills because our insurance company wouldn't pay for it.
0: Now, just so our audience knows, that would be like $120,000 today. And health insurance was different back then because people didn't have the policies they had now. Most people paid their doctor out of pocket or with a bushel of corn, (laughs) but they had a major medical plan and that major medical covered catastrophic illnesses, correct? Correct,
1: correct. and um, the fact that they couldn't really come up with a true diagnosis on her at that time in the early 70s, it was a little different down here with healthcare. Um, We never got paid by insurance for anything, so they found their way out of it. So it became like my obsession to try to help other people that they didn't go through this. So I looked into it and I decided this would be a good field for me and something I would like to do. So, so
0: you came up with a better solution through need. I did. And I that
1: did. That's, that's
0: really a cool story. And
1: my goal is to help people not go through what I went through.
0: Now you're from New York originally. I am. And Michelle, you're from the Philadelphia area, Westchester
1: yes,
3: yes,
0: uh, yes, PA, and you have two children.
3: Go Eagles.
0: You have a son yes. who's a junior in high school, right? The yes. Eagles won last week.
3: Uh, I know. Uh-huh.
0: She is a huge Eagles fan.
3: Yes, definitely. And
0: <laughs> she has a daughter who lives in Colorado Springs. And her daughter's name is Carl Moore. So let's wake her up this morning. This is a shout out to Carl Moore if you're listening. You <laughs> do
3: realize it's three uh, hours earlier
0: than <laughs> That's why we're waking her up. And, and Carl, Carl is a young lady who is just super cool. And she's an upcoming poet. Oh, that's that's such a yeah cool she's thing. actually
3: been published her writings have actually already been published when she was in high school she uh she got a lot of her writings and published so she's that's, she's brilliant i like her i'll keep awesome. her Plus she, she loves halloween too so she's made her own costume and she's carved pumpkins and she had the the whole house decorated so she's she's excited and what
0: is she doing for halloween what is she dressing as
3: Oh, gosh, you want me to remember what that character was? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Something Star. It was some sort of anime thing. That's I was cool. just impressed that, you know, I taught her how to sew. I didn't, never thought she would continue with that. And she actually sewed the costume all together herself. And it looks great.
0: We're going to talk about insurance, and we're going to get to it. But I want to add a new weekly feature, Frank. Indeed. And it's going to be called Ira's Rant. Sometimes it's going to be Leanne's Rant.
2: Okay, who has more, like, rants stored up, uh, me or you? Uh,
0: <laughs> hey, do you know the difference between a rant and a rave? No. know uh, I don't either. Okay, <laughs> we, okay. We should We should look that up before the next show.
2: You'll do rants, I'll do raves. How about that?
0: I, I like that. But this is my weekly rant. Okay. Everybody ready out there in the audience? So last week, a new drug hit the market for the treatment of cystic fibrosis. And this revolutionary drug called Trikafta will likely save many lives. It's the first combination therapy available to treat patients with the most common form of this genetic disease. But at what cost? The retail price of this drug is listed at $311,000 per year. The disease isn't curable, so the cost is gonna have to be ongoing. And that's more than $28,000 a month, lifelong. Who can possibly afford that medication. And indeed, at what point of developing a medication that's unaffordable is it worth putting it on the market, particularly in the United States, the most developed country in the Western world? Of course, certain insurance companies will likely place the medication on their formularies, but with a significant copay. As you know, this is going to be a high tiered medication. You know, it's going to be a tier five. And to make matters worse, it's not just about the new drugs like Trikafta, but it's the older drugs for more common diseases as well. They keep climbing in price. As an example, insulin. Insulin's been around since 1904 and the newer insulins, which have been around since the mid 1990s, these are the ones that aren't beef or pork insulins, but they're derived through recombinant DNA technology. They account for 7 million prescriptions in this country a year. 100 units of insulin retails for around $100. So it's about a dollar a unit. Translating this to a monthly cost would cost the patient taking, let's just say 40 units a day, which is a low dose of insulin, about $1,200 a month. Now insurance companies will likely cover the majority of these costs, but copays pays can be significant and devastating to patients' wallops. So the same medication in the United Kingdom costs approximately. for 100 units. So the monthly cost, retail price of that medication, is $24. $1,200 here, $24 in the United Kingdom. Why the huge difference? Because the manufacturers make the drug and set the price with no government regulation. And to make matters worse, only three companies control 90% of the global insulin market. There is no generic insulin their pay for delay schemes. Let me tell you what that means. Let's say I have a company that makes insulin and Dr. Leanne has a company that makes insulin and I pay her company not to make insulin so that I can keep my insulin on the market at the price that I want it at. And of course, politics is always involved. So when a patient can no longer afford a life-saving medication, you know what happens? They just stop taking it. And the rising cost of all medications has led to non-compliance with medication regimens so that now only 50% of the meds that your doctor writes are actually filled at the pharmacy. Remember the debacle with the EpiPen? It still costs about $600 for two pins if you buy the brand name. You wanna buy a generic? It's gonna be about 150 to $350. This is a drug with a very short shelf life and it expires pretty quickly. And if it's not used for an anaphylactic or allergic reaction, Leanne, you know, you, you, you're a beekeeper. If someone get is deathly allergic to bees and they get stung, or kids with peanut allergies, this is a life-saving medication. So who can afford it? Pharmacy benefit providers, or PPBs, were supposedly going to lower cost of medications. But this middle layer of management, Management. Remember, all the people that work for pharmacy benefit providers have to be paid. That creates another level of regulation. But between the insurance company and the patient and the pharmacy, we haven't seen costs go down. We've seen them go up. And to make matters worse, what's on your formulary this year may not be on your formulary next year, which wreaks havoc for both the doctor and the patient. So to end my rant, unless Congress works with drug companies to lower costs, we soon won't be able to treat disease processes, but rather, like a walk down Fifth Avenue, we'll only be able to window shop our cures. And that's my rant for this week. You have a problem with drug prices and you want to talk about it, give us a call. We're right here at WSTU. And now let's get to our show with Michelle Finnamore and Bob Larson.
2: So I imagine that being a nurse has helped you make recommendations for patients signing up for plans because you kind of know what goes into the treatment of their medical conditions.
3: Yes. And as soon as you start looking at their medication, you already know what type of diagnosis they have as well. So you're it does make it very easy to see how many specialists they're going to need to see, what testing they're going to have to do because, of mm-hmm. course, anybody diabetic has to have that A1C every three months. So if you have a plan that doesn't cover your lab work and you have to pay a 20% coinsurance on your lab work, that's a huge cost. So you want to look at a plan that other covers it 100% where you can go to the lab and get it covered all the time every for every lab test you need or you, um, you know, if you don't have those needs and such like that, you can go for a lower cost plan that it doesn't cover. Uh, same with medications; you want to make sure that the tiers that you're looking at, you know, the medications that you're currently on, well, how much are you going to be paying? Does it? Do you have to pay a deductible before you get your drug coverage's cost for a copay? So it is. It's been very helpful and and very, um, as, you know, gives me an edge definitely with helping patients and clients and such to figure out what they need, what is best for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle, this is what I find confusing about the situation. And I call it the paradox of choice. Ever eat at Cheesecake Factory? Yes. The menu is the Bible. It's it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's so so when I'm I'm back into the uh revelation section of the menu which is the back part of the menu okay (laughs) and i've looked through the other thousands of items i can't decide so the paradox of choice here's the paradox the paradox is the more choices you have the less likely you are to be able to make a decision do we have too much choice in the healthcare industry insurance wise which makes it more difficult To the consumer,
3: it is definitely more difficult to the consumer, especially when they're going on things like healthcare.gov and they're just seeing the cost and the plans, and they're trying to figure out what best suits them. Which is why we recommend that you call, you know, me, (laughs) 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 and uh, and and sit down and go, what is because you want to you want to be able to afford the plan that you're not going to have to quit in the middle of the year because it's too expensive and you want to be able to uh, get all of the things that you need done throughout the year covered by your insurance as well. Plus you want to be able to see the doctors. Um, You know, you want to make sure that all of your doctors take the plan that you're on. So that way you're not looking for another specialist that you've already established with or a primary care doctor that you've already established. So you want to continue with that.
0: Well, it's a little confusing when people come in and let's say you're 65 and, and and you're going on Medicare and you hear about these Medicare Advantage plans. What's the difference between Medicare and a Medicare Advantage plan?
3: Well, Medicare by itself, and a lot of people don't realize this, Medicare is a guaranteed issue at the age of 65 for Part A only. <laughs> I've had a lot well, of What's Part A? Part A is your uh, hospital coverage. So Part A- um, anytime you're admitted into the hospital automatically kicks in with Medicare. Part B is where you have to actually sign up for, and you can either do that when you turn 65 or three months before you turn 65, you sign up for part B and part B is where you come in with the, the premium. So you're actually going to pay a premium for part B right now. It's one thirty-five fifty 50 a month. Uh, next year it's going up <laughs> and, uh, that covers everything outside the hospital. So your doctor's office visit, your CAT scans, your labs, Um, But you also, on top of that, have to get a drug plan.
2: So that Part B is what people call a supplemental plan? (coughs) Mm -mm, Not Ah. just your
3: standard Medicare is Part A and Part B. Okay. After that, you have to start adding things to it. So you have to get a drug plan because if you don't get a drug plan when you turn 65 and you wait until you're 75 when you're actually on a list of medications, you're actually uh, penalized. Uh, for not having a drug plan during that period. So it's 0.03% for every month of every year that you did not have a drug plan is now added onto that uh, that drug plan that you buy when you're in later in life. And then of course you have, um, Medicare is an 80-20 insurance. There is a deductible. Part A, if you go into the hospital is $1,385 and then you're responsible for 20% of the cost.
0: And that's every 90 days, right?
3: That's every year. Every year. Every year, it rolls over every year.
0: Okay. There used to be something where if you just had Medicare Part A, you'd have to pay like $900 if you got readmitted. If you were admitted for a
3: 90-day period. Okay. Like 90 days. If you spent 90 days in the hospital, that's what you're talking about.
0: Okay. No, what I was actually talking about is if if you were in the hospital and then you got readmitted the next quarter and it'd been 90 days, you'd have to pay that fee all over again, I think.
3: For the deductible, yes. yes
0: yeah, deductible. which is, okay. so you could r- literally for part A, be out of pocket $3,600 a year. And, and if it's 1300 now, so it's whatever 1300 times four is. Uh, what is that? I don't know. $5,200 a year. Uh, whatever. is $4,200 a year. Thank you. Mathematician, I'm not. Okay. And that reminds me of a joke, but I would not tell it on the show. But Anyway, so you could be out of pocket, really, a lot of money. So Medicare Part B is not automatic. Part A is automatic.
3: Part A is automatic when you turn 65 if you paid into it, which you guys see on your paychecks when you get on that Medicare takes a cut.
0: But you have to buy part B.
3: <laughs> but you have to po- buy into part B. Yes. And then you
0: have to buy a supplement.
3: And then you have to buy a supplement. So what's a supplement? The, the supplement plans, Uh, they cover... Um, Well, at this point, you have several different ones to choose from. There are like 10 on the market right now. Plan F is going away. So you have the choice of determining what you want to be picked up by your supplement plans. A lot of them pick up your Part A deductible. Uh, Some of them pick up your Part B deductible. And then... uh, you can also get it to where it picks up your foreign travel expense, uh, medical expense, as well as the excess of Medicare. But basically, it's picking up that eight, that 20% that Medicare does not cover. So you're not paying for copayments for medical, um, you know, when you see the doctor or when you go for a CAT scan or when you go for uh, any type of procedure or anything like that. You're not getting a copayment for each one.
0: And tell our listeners what that supplement would normally cost them.
3: Uh, Supplements run anywhere between, uh, depending on which one you're looking at, you're starting at $180. So that's on top of the $135.50 plus the drug plan you have to buy. So it can get kind of expensive if you're going with Medicare alone. Uh, With the Advantage plans, your Medicare replacement plans, yeah, they take over the management of your Medicare Part A and B. You have to have Medicare Part A and B in order to qualify for an Advantage plan. So they take over the management of it and with the Advantage plans, so you're looking at a low, most plans, a $0 um, premium. So you're not paying anything more than that One thirty five fifty. dollars you still have to pay for Medicare Part B. And then you're paying a copayment when you see when you see a doctor, or when you go for lab work or any type of scan and such like that. You're paying a copay for everything, and you have a maximum out of pocket. So you're not paying anything monthly, but you know your maximum out of pocket is going to be around four thousand dollars or forty five hundred for the entire year, and that's what your medical expenses are going to be.
0: Which is why what Leanne and I do is so unique because we don't charge insurance and we have no copays. Now we order tests and we use your insurance to order tests and to see specialists. But for us, that membership fee covers everything. And that's why direct primary care medicine or direct patient care medicine is kind of a novel way to practice. And we spend longer with the patient. Okay. Shout out to us,
1: Bob. Well, on the Advantage plans also, you have a network that you have to work with. So the doctors have to be in your network, otherwise they're not covered. So the difference between the Advantage plan and a supplement is a supplement you can go to anyone, so anybody that takes Medicare. So there's a big difference there too with freedom of choice.
0: We're going to talk about the disadvantages of the Advantage plans when we come back from our commercial break. You're listening to Paradox right here on WSTU.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to Paradox. I'm Dr. Leanne Talton here with my co-host, Dr. Ira Perlstein. And today we have two insurance experts with us, Michelle Fenimore and Bob Larson, both from A Better Solution Insurance Services. And right before we took our break, we were talking about the disadvantage of Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, You just told us what a Medicare Advantage plan was and sure does sound like a less confusing way to do things, but obviously that comes at a cost. So exactly. What is that (laughs) cost? (laughs)
3: Exactly. Well, I mean, what the way I explain it to everybody is you're getting something for nothing. You know, you're not paying anything monthly premium. You got to remember that you have there, there comes a cost with that. There, you have to work for it. You have to make sure that the doctors are in network. You have to make sure that the facility you're going to to have your blood work is in network. You have to make sure that you're getting referrals, authorizations.
2: And just as a little timeout, for those of you who are thinking about an Advantage plan, I want to let you know what that work is from a doctor's viewpoint. I mean, if you are yeah. participating provider on a Medicare Advantage plan, it typically means that that plan has certain requirements. Of course, it has requirements above and beyond for getting authorizations for tests and things, but it also has requirements that you Click, click certain checklist, box, checklists yes. checklist, there, and boxes checklist of to make sure that in- all of the members of this plan are being uh, vaccinated as they're supposed to or that their blood pressure is managed. And while all of this sounds like, you know, oh, well, that's great. It's keeping my doctor in check. <laughs> when you're the doctor who's performing your job, you know, all or these years without. Yeah, without. Some of
3: them are, re- are that you shouldn't be. uh, having done like you you checked a level for a1c or to see if they were diabetic at one point and now all of a sudden you're supposed to check that box off every three months
2: right and so for a more savvy patient they may feel like you know what's happened our relation my relationship with my physician used to mean that when I would come in it would be to talk about the things I wanted to talk about but instead I'm being solicited to come in to have wellness visits and other types Mm -hmm. of things which may or may not even be done by your own physician. It can be done by nurse practitioners that you've never met before, nurses, allied professionals that you've never met before, all so that we can check these boxes to make the Advantage plan happy.
0: But wait, there's more. (laughs) And, And let me tell you what that is. Let me tell you what that is. So you have a patient and they're on an Advantage plan and they have to see certain doctors or doctor offices so many times per year. And now- they get really sick. Uh, I woke up. It's the worst headache I ever had in my life. Ominous sign in an older person because it could be the warning sign of an expanding cerebral aneurysm. Worst headache I ever had in my life. And you want to get an MRI or CT scan. Oh, we can't authorize that for you why oh they'll have to see a specialist first they'll have to see a neurologist and they'll have to authorize it. we're not going to allow the primary care doctor to do that well the next neurologist has an appointment about three months out and the patient says well i really don't want to go to the emergency room and the emergency room is going to cost a ton of money for the plan but they'll certainly be glad to give you that free gym membership so <laughs> Yeah, it, and, and it's Halloween and, and, and
2: what I was talking about is the fact that a lot of times these these plans uh, target consumers right so we've all seen the billboards in our town advertising right. zero dollar copays for the advantage plans or free gym memberships uh, for signing up with a plan and so it, well, that, it, and that's why you need good to, to look true. at
3: the company that you're signing up with you know with Florida Blue you're looking at something that they're guaranteeing your authorizations and referrals are going to take 48 hours not 10 days 12 weeks even on Just, the Advantage plans? <laughs> even on the Advantage plans. So even well, it's, though it's Blue Halloween, cars, it's forward not forward.
0: like you're selling your soul to the devil to <laughs> exactly. get these Advantage
2: plans. Yeah, and I exactly. think that that's what a personalized approach to buying insurance looks like, is you can see what someone's monthly fixed income is, for example, oh, yeah. and determine whether yeah. or not these plans might be a good idea for a lot of people. But it comes at a cost, and it's important right. for consumers to know what the cost and is. And
3: you really do, like I said with the company, you really need to make sure you're getting on with another a good company. Company. A lot of these companies that are in the area have been through bankruptcy three times, have pulled out of the hospital a couple of times because they're not paying their bills. You know, that's one of the reasons why I, I agreed to work with Bob when he was talking to me about health insurance. I was like, oh, God, really? Is because it is Florida Blue, and Florida Blue does guarantee, you know, they are a great company. They've been here in Florida for 100 years. They're not going anywhere, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about them pulling out, filing bankruptcy, and now you're left with your, you know. Yes, I, I've
0: been to their Emerald City up in Jacksonville. It, it's, li- <laughs> it's literally like Emerald City in The Wizard of Oz. It's all these buildings. With blue trim and it's Florida blue, and it's uh, it's on the way to the Mayo Clinic up there. It's like that first exit uh, in Jacksonville off of ninety-five. There are a few good things, regardless of how you feel about Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act. There are actually a few good things that came out of it, and I'd like to get your opinion, Michelle and Bob, uh, on on this. The first is the elimination of pre-existing diagnoses. So before F- I had high blood pressure and I was signing up for a new policy, not Medicare. It's a commercial payer. That company might not write me or cover anything related to high blood pressure for a period of three to five years because it was considered a pre-existing. My understanding is the Affordable Health Care Act, Obamacare, eliminated that. The other thing.
2: But it eliminated that for Obamacare. It didn't eliminate that for other plans, correct?
1: Well, all of the plans right now are covered under Obamacare. Okay. So, not well, no, but <laughs> the grandfathered plans are not. Okay. So if somebody's on a grandfathered plan, they're right. still going to have some exclusions, waivers, extra premiums, different things like that. But um, the newer plans that are coming out, they exclude, um, you, they're, you have to, they cover qualified everything. Plans. The, the qualified plans. Qualified right. Plans. Qualified. Uh, what is a qualified yeah, plan?
3: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say there are the qualified plans, the things that are being sold on the marketplace or through uh, companies like ours, Florida Blue, that you know. Um, there are plans out there now, and this is your key. If they're asking you pre existing condition questions, they are not a qualified insurance company. There's a lot of other <laughs> insurance companies that, that are throwing things out there that really are, you know, cheap, but they're not going to cover you for anything. Like you said with blood pressure, they're like, "Okay, well that's a pre-existing condition." Uh blood sugar, "Oh gosh, I was in the hospital at 7, so anything related to my eye is a pre-existing <laughs> condition." So it, you know, it you really have to be careful of what you're buying. There's a lot of things on, on- online that you really should just stay away from. Yeah,
0: and I see these health share plans that are like this, uh Sedera Health or or Liberty, liberty share. Uh, these plans have huge exclusions. They're affordable, and they may even reimburse you at the end of the year if all the money's not spent, but you can't have anything. So therein lies another paradox because Why would I need health insurance if I'm young and I don't have any problems, but if I do do need health insurance and I've got a problem, they're not going to cover me if I've had this problem before. So a qualified plan, if I understand you correctly, will cover you regardless of what you've had, and you offer qualified plans through Florida Blue.
1: Oh, right. That's the only kind of plans we offer. We actually get a lot of people coming in our office with the other type of plans. And what they do is they underwrite a time of claim. So what'll happen is um, they think they have insurance going on all the time because they haven't had any problems. And then they go into the hospital and they end up with a forty or $50,000 bill because the other company didn't pay their, their bills because they go through their health history and somewhere back in their history in the last five years, they found something that makes it so they don't have to pay their claim. So it gets a little awkward at that time for those people. And the other thing that came out
0: of the Affordable Health Care Act, which I find to be very advantageous, deals with what they call the MLR, the medical loss ratio. And the medical loss ratio is if you take all the money that an insurance company collects on its premiums, how much does that company pay out for healthcare? Are they paying out half? Are they paying out 60%, 70%? Well, with the Affordable Health Care Act, an insurance company must pay out at least 80%. And prior to that, companies were making huge profits and paying out um, 60%, 50%. But after the ACA was passed, insurance companies are actually returning more money to patient care. And you might say, well, they're still making 20%. They're not making 20% because that other 20% has to pay for the cost of employees running the business. So insurance companies are working on a very small, single digit margin of profit. Whereas before the Affordable Health Care Act, they were working on
1: often double-digit profits. Any comment on that? Well, they've definitely streamlined everything because of that because they have to keep their expenses down just to, to make up. You know, a profit anymore. But especially in the um, health market for companies, group plans, different things like that, a lot of them now at the end of the year are getting checks back and rebates for the overage of what they charged. The unfortunate thing about this whole situation is when a company like Florida Blue goes in for rate increases, the government regulates what they have to charge. And in some cases, they charge more than what they really need to. Florida Blue goes in for a lower rate. The the state makes them come in with a higher rate so now they have to turn back and give all that money back because they know how to manage their money and it's an expense for the insurance company
0: so we may see premium prices actually going down and not up actually
1: for January um, all of our rates are gonna drop this year
0: okay I'm gonna stay tuned and see if my rates drop because I'm insured with your company
2: Can you talk a little bit about a high deductible plan? I mean, do you, do you know anything about that? Yeah, there's a, a couple of options. And again, it, it's really
3: based on what your needs are. But like a, an HCA, HSA plan that has a high deductible, high max out of pocket of like $6,000, um, you can uh, buy that type of plan. It's a, a lower cost plan. You can also set up an HSA account with your bank and get tax-deferred money into that up to $3,500 for an individual, and you're paying for everything, including medical costs, drug costs, everything, until you reach that $6,000 max out of pocket, and once you reach that, everything's covered 100%, so you know that your actual medical costs for the entire year are only going to be $6,000. There's also plans to where you can uh, you have a high deductible of like $6,000 6, or $6,200, and they allow you to have co prior to meeting the deductible. So there's co-payments for your medications, for doctor visits, labs, and such like that. Again, it's a balancing act with people to determine what can you afford and what do you need. So that way you, you try to make every plan fit best for anybody.
0: Do you think they're going to ever bring back a catastrophic only plan?
3: No.
1: Okay. Why do you think that is? Because <laughs> <laughs> I really want one. Um, they were. I really great. want one to come. They back. were great. Actually, uh, Florida Blue had a hospital indemnity plan a couple of years ago, and they took it off the market. And they are talking about possibly bringing that back in the next year. Um, it's a, It was a hospital surgical plan, so it covered any time you went in the hospital, had surgery or any of the testing done before, so it wouldn't cover the small little things. But the rates were significantly lower and it worked out great for a lot of people. Unfortunately, when Obamacare came through, a lot of these plans just fell to the wayside and they, they had to terminate them.
0: Well, let's say for instance, for example, a patient has no health insurance. And they're working a construction job and all of a sudden they lift something really heavy and now they've got a hernia and they know if they go into that hospital, they're going to pay the cash price. What most patients don't know is you can negotiate with a hospital to get a much lower price. That's a topic for another show
3: even if you have insurance
0: even if you have insurance oh, I didn't know that yes
3: yes 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 See this is why people need to come to me okay. <laughs> Yes if you get a bill and it's you know part uh, you haven't met your deductible, you can always go back in and negotiate with the hospital. They're always willing to negotiate a better price for you
0: Well that's great. I learned something new every time I do this show <laughs> that that's the advantage of doing this show. So this patient now has a hernia and they have no insurance, is there an emergency insurance they can buy just to cover that hernia surgery?
3: No. Uh, There is, uh, okay, when you buy insurance, let's say, okay, um, if you wanted to buy insurance today, you don't have insurance, there is temporary plans that you can buy that, and it will start on November first. Um, if you, by tomorrow, if you want to buy a policy, a temporary policy, which of course are more expensive than regular policies, it will start December first. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> so, so um, you know, if you're in the emergency room in the hospital, yeah, no. know,
0: <laughs>
3: there's nothing you can get. But what about, to solve what about what about if
0: problem. it's an elective procedure? What about if they go, they come to me, and they go, hmm? I've got this bulge and go, yes, you have a hernia. It needs to be fixed. Is there something they
1: could buy for a short term? Um, not necessarily, but those temporary plans have pre-existing conditions on them. Mm-hmm. So even though you buy it, the only thing that would be covered is an accident or something new. But um, if they have a special enrollment during the year, there's a possibility that they can come in and they can purchase a plan for the next month. So there's always a good opportunity there if they come in and talk to Michelle that they could find something to cover them. But normally the open enrollment period um, is now and the plans are effective in January 1st.
0: Let's talk about open enrollment. Why is there such a short time to sign up for insurance every year? Oh, I
1: don't know. It's um, (laughs) awful for us. You're supposed to have the answers. (laughs) It's awful for us because we have not only the under 65 open enrollment, we also have the people on Medicare open enrollment at the same time. It's We have an eight week period that we work harder than we do all year. And it's ridiculous because we're trying to get all these people in. Actually, it would be great if they could change the system and maybe make it by birth month or something like that, where they have an open enrollment during their birth month. It would take the pressure off.
0: Well, you know, Michelle and I, we rehearsed this show and I asked her a question. She gave me a pretty brilliant answer as to why there is an open enrollment period and her answer i'm going to let her explain why we need to have an open enrollment period
3: well of course with an uh with an open enrollment period this makes it to where everybody has the opportunity to sign up for a plan to shop for a plan if the plan that you were on last year and next year things are changing and you want to look at different plans to start with another uh, a new option for next year like you just got married last year so you took a basic plan that was going to cost you absolutely nothing. But next year you and your wife are talking about having a kid. Now you need more coverage. You can change the plans. Um, The being that the open enrollment period is such a short time. I'm not happy about, but, (laughs) but, But um, it creates the uh, that you can't just buy insurance and then three months later drop it or um, you know only get it you know when you need it <laughs> when you're like oh yeah there's something bulging out of here let me go buy insurance real quick and run to the hospital
0: and then you cancel afterwards <laughs> and then
3: you cancel afterwards um, that's why they have these open enrollment periods to where you you know you are only allowed to get them during these times but it is great option that you can look at every year and change what you because what your needs are change uh you know you're not always in the same spot yet you were i
0: want i want our listeners to know however that there are exceptions to the open enrollment period where Mm -hmm. you can buy insurance at other times during the year tell us what those are
3: Well, of course, with Medicare, there is the initial enrollment period. When you turn 65, you get seven months, three months before the month of and three months after your birthday. Um, There are special enrollment periods throughout the year. If you're losing insurance, uh, if you're going off of your employer's insurance, um, if you moved into the area and now you have different options, you know, because St. Lucie County, Martin County and New River County all have different options. So it depends on where you're living as to what Plans are being offered in that area. Oh, well, and yeah, our uh, uh, Blue Medicare HMO plan is a five star plan. uh, So you can actually enroll with us on our Blue Medicare plan any time of the year. It is the exception.
0: To our listeners who aren't calling in this morning, I noticed, (laughs) but what have we overwhelmed you guys with this insurance show? We're trying to bring an educational level to you so you can go out this afternoon and say, I have a better understanding of this, but what's the difference between an HMO, a PPO, and an EPO?
3: Ba- mainly what the difference is is the network of doctors with the PPO of course you get a larger network of doctors to choose from um, and hmo is a smaller network of doctors and it doesn't afford you the possibility to see a doctor outside of network um, a lot of people do ask me you know okay well when I call up and or when I go into the hospital they see I have an hmo and they treat me differently that's not necessarily true it's it's uh, whether or not you can get in to see the doctor in a timely fashion is usually Usually because the doctor doesn't have an opening, like you said before, for another three months, Um, which is why you guys are great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, shout out to us. Because
3: with the concierge practice, you have a primary care doctor that you can call at any time and go in to
2: see when you need to see them rather than seeing, you know, somebody else. Go ahead. Well, I mean, just as a a tag along that the deciding between a PPO plan and an HMO plan also kind of dictates that you really can't participate in a concierge type model, or at least not easily, because the uh, orders written by a physician who's non-participating may not be acknowledged by the insurance company if you're on an HMO plan. So in other words, they only will pay for medications written by or tests written by a physician who is participating in an HMO plan. So that's actually one of my disqualifiers for patients. If they come in and interview and say, look, I'm willing to pay you cash, but I have this insurance plan on the side. If the insurance plan is an HMO, whether it's regular commercial insurance or a Medicare HMO, I don't take the patient because we're going to still have to involve another physician to get those orders paid for. And that's not Absolutely. Good for and I've either. got four
0: patients who are in HMOs and to get anything done, It is a major hassle, and it's just not a good idea to do what we do and take HMO patients. So HMO is a health maintenance organization. A PPO is a preferred provider organization, and an EPO, which is an exclusive provider organization, or uh, an employer provider organization, which the... Physicians that you can see is even smaller and attached specifically to that EPO. Do you do anything with EPOs? The exclusive provider organization.
3: Yeah, we in Martin County here we have the Blue Select program, which is the uh, a smaller network of doctors. It allows you the PPO benefits of having a you know the ability to see a doctor outside the network, um, but it's a smaller network, therefore it's not costing you nearly as much.
0: Family of four how cheaply can I get my health insurance on the low side and how high does it go on the upside family of four family plan? Oh dear lord.
3: <laughs> 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 well, it all depends. Uh, you know, it really does. And it depends on the, uh, your family income. If you qualify for a tax subsidy, uh, whether or not you can uh, get some help with those premiums or if you're looking at something that is going to be, uh, uh, off the marketplace where you're not getting a subsidy of all, which of course would be your most expensive option.
0: So give me some numbers. Throw some numbers out there.
3: Isn't it mean <laughs> putting you on the spot like this? I got too many uh, options here. I mean, I just had a family of three uh, with a, a, a very nice uh, tax subsidy that would... Um, Uh, And and a cost-sharing plan with a $0 deductible, and it was $135.
0: For a family of three? Three. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And that's because of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. Yes. Shout out to those of you And she's
3: pregnant, so it's about to be a family of four.
0: So for (laughs) those of you that didn't think anything good came out of the Affordable Care Act, there's a lot of good stuff. Yes, it could be tweaked. We can always make things better in this country. But my gosh, we're trying, and... I like the free enterprise that we have here versus Medicare for all. I don't think Medicare for all would work. It would cost us trillions and trillions of dollars a year. Look at your pay stubs, folks out there. Every time you get paid, there is a premium taken out for Medicare.
2: Yeah. Do you think it'll be around for me?
0: Not in its present form. I don't. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I'm not even sure it'll be around for me. Yeah. And that's just a couple of years down the road.
1: What are your opinions on that? Um, well, Medicare, if they come out with a Medicare plan for all, it's not going to be the same Medicare plan that we have right now for the seniors. They're they're already talking about different options for them. So it's it's not going to work the same way. I mean, they're going to have inside limits, they're going to have constriction <clears throat> excuse me, constrictions on different things and whatever. And you know, honestly, if um, if somebody qualifies for a subsidy, which in our area here, 80% of the people that do not have insurance would qualify for a subsidy, but they don't even realize they qualify. They need to just come in and check with Michelle and find out where they qualify because they can get a regular health plan.
0: Plan F. If you're on Plan F and they mentioned Plan F was going away, don't get scared. You're not going to get your plan dropped. I believe if you're on Plan F, it will be grandfathered in. Correct. That's, that's correct. Okay.
3: And there's only Plan, always Plan G. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is Plan G?
3: Don't worry, we got you covered.
0: <laughs> is there really a Plan G, or is yes, that there
3: is really a Plan? There, G. There's
0: a Plan G. How <laughs> how far through the alphabet do we go with plans?
3: Uh, well, there's a, a, a what we have a, a, a M, a N, a K, a L, a, yeah, yeah a, M, a P. Yeah.
0: Uh, a Q. Oh my, oh, we have oh,
3: a, que- a Q. we have a plain queue oh my
0: gosh it goes through the <laughs> whole alphabet really uh, i i can't believe there, you know there's so much here with health insurance and we really don't have a lot more time to talk you guys have been absolutely phenomenal this morning uh a better solution how do we get a hold, how do we of, you? Get a hold of you guys
3: uh g- just give me a call at 772-236-5555
2: so for those of you who tuned in, we're so grateful to have these two guests on our show. This is a topic that is, you know, the bane of my existence, but certainly a necessity for all Americans. So thank you so much. And um, Michelle, give her a call. Fin-
0: Michelle Finemore, Bob Larson, you guys are great. If we have more insurance questions, can we bring you back after open enrollment season?
1: <laughs> yeah. <Definitely. laughs>
0: thank you, guys. Tune in next week to Paradox for another Hopefully great show.